Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He is not Spencer Penny Strode. I am Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. This is a dispatch from NYC podcast uh, where the magic on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day found a way to beat the Knicks inside Madison Square Garden. I'm still having a little bit of difficulty processing that uh, because... Yeah, and there, there's no intro. This is I'm just getting into this because it's uh oh, it's just before midnight on uh you know on this Monday. So you're gonna be listening to this Tuesday, January sixteenth. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get the bad news out of the way first, and it's non magic stuff. But I'm I'm in Philadelphia right now, even though it's a dispatch from NYC. You know, in the title, whatever. Uh, I, I'm up in Philadelphia for the week, and uh. The you know my Eagles just got eliminated from the playoffs and just a historically disastrous collapse of just unbelievable you know just unbelievable proportions. They went from ten and one to you know they they lose it they don't win a division and now they just get annihilated by the Tampa Bay Bucks who the Bucks themselves are going to get annihilated in Detroit next week most likely. But um, you know it's it's. It helps when, uh, from a football perspective, uh, you know, my Eagles finally won their first Super Bowl five, six years ago. And, you know, it helps that you have that under your belt. Um, But still, it's sad because a lot of those heroes, some of those heroes that are still on the team, like Jason Kelsey, uh, you know, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, potentially Lane Johnson, even though he's still got some years to go, probably. Um, You know, those guys who are like heart and soul type of guys. They might not wear that Eagles jersey ever again, and it's just sad to go out like that because, and we can tie this all to the magic just historically or this season or whatever, but you know, stuff like coaching can undermine talent in a good team. Now, also stuff like injuries can undermine all that as well. You know, Similarly to the magic, the Eagles have had some really rough injury luck this season, and it just ended up kind of catching them, catching up to them at the end, but... Um, yeah, it's it, it's a tough way for for those guys to potentially go out, and uh, I, I'm just getting the sad stuff out of the way now because I I do fully respect a lot of those vets, a lot of those guys, and it sucks when you have like devastating injuries as well, like Slay and Goddard got hurt in the game, and um, it's fine. Again, it helps when you've won a championship. Uh, that that really buffers the losing. Whereas, you know, with the Magic, we have not won a championship. You know, we've, won the two, we've been to two NBA finals and uh, a couple more Eastern Conference finals on top of that. And, you know, we just have not been to the pinnacle and the top. And so, you know, from a Magic perspective, when we're dealing with all these injuries, when we're dealing with just, um, just the growing pains of a young team, you know, the Magic are still technically the fourth youngest team in the NBA. And that's with Joe Ingles raising that average up a good amount by himself. Um, you know, we went from a 34 win season last season to, you know, me predicting that we might win 45 games this season. And we're still on pace for that right now. The magic after this win in Madison square garden against the Knicks are 22 and 18. And I have us at this point at 22 and 18. Now I didn't have us winning this game. So we made up a game here, but uh, we're on that 45-win pace. Um, 
we'll see if 45 wins is enough to be the sixth seed or if the East as a whole is just is just better than maybe a little bit better than maybe some of us thought. But uh, let's just get into the magic stuff here now because, you know, last time Penny and I recorded the magic were 20 and 15. Uh, we came out, we came back with a really great Hawks win at home where, you know, we got Markel, Goga, Anthony Black all back because um, Goga and Black were out sick with this illness, that the sickness that just won't go away. It's still kind of festering and lingering around this team. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we're kind of done with it here. Hope, but you know, Markel, he's he's only played like eight games a season or nine games a season, whatever it is now. Um, after this next game, and so you know, it's great for him to be back. It seems to be apparent that it wasn't just the knee tendonitis that was keeping Markel out. Although I think it, it, it people, Magic fans and just people in general, kind of underestimating the the impacts of knee tendonitis. But you know, based off of like the hitch that we've seen kind of come back in his shot, like maybe that thoracic outlet syndrome is is coming back. And plus, he's got that uh, that taping, you know, that noticeable tape job today in Madison Square Garden, you know, around that right shoulder area. Um, but with that Hawks game, you know, Caleb Houston, that was just, he was just making it rain. He had that career high against Atlanta that just really kind of fueled us and spurred us on. Um, late in that Hawks game, I was, I was nervous because Suggs fouled out because Trey Young is a foul baiting piece of shit. But, um, Cole gets subbed in instead of Trevlin Queen, who Queen, we got to talk about how he definitely deserves up to be on the 15-man roster, probably just like Kevon Harris does. Um, once he gets a few more game, uh, three, a few more recovery games with Osceola under his belt, uh, but you know that 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 game should have ended in regulation, and it didn't because we, you know, Mosley unfortunately subbed in Cole who got abused defensively instead of Trevlin Queen, who handled, who, who, even though he's a G League MVP, which you get for your offense, his size and his just two-way play and his defense are, are why he's been getting minutes for, for Orlando. And, um, you know, that game went to overtime. It shouldn't have went to overtime. Paolo took over. Kid's a phenom. Like, he's just he's just phenomenal. He's, he's just awesome. You know, Paolo Bancaro became the first player in – Magic franchise history to average 32 plus points per game, nine plus rebounds per game, six plus assists per game over a six game span. Um, just, just all, you know, that was during that December 29th through January 7th uh, time span. And, and yet, Jalen Brunson, not Paolo, won Eastern Conference Player of the Week. And, uh, you know, I, I distinctly tweeted out that. Uh, keep that in the back of your mind when the Magic are in Madison Square Garden on MLK Day. And, uh, you know, it came to fruition where Paolo, it took him a while to get going, but in that next game uh, today, the 15th, he uh, he really turned it on late. Um, and then Brunson, you know, wasn't healthy enough to, to play. But um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. So, because we got to talk about kind of these three straight losses that, that really – you know, that, that really kind of chopped us off at the legs here. But, I mean, it's just it's just you're missing guys. You're missing bodies. Um, you know, that Wolves versus Magic home game, um, we I've, I've not been a fan of us not starting a point guard. 
in that starting lineup, especially when you have like our three best ball handlers, um, you know, Markel, uh, Joe Ingles, um, and then I guess Cole Anthony coming off the bench. Because uh, Cole Anthony, I consider more of a point guard than even Jalen Suggs, even though both Jalen and Cole are really better off the ball. And I hope Mosley and the staff are, are getting that kind of pounded into their heads because uh, that stubbornness has gotten us off to bad starts. And, you know, some games we're, ever, we're able to kind of come back and overcome it and we forget about it. But for a lot of these games, like, we go down early because we don't have a freaking point guard out there. And it just shows. And as great as it is that guys like Paolo – and then Franz, if you know, if and when Franz is healthy and comes back again, um, you know, as much as it's great that those guys have the ball in their hands, it's uh, you know, it's 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 just it's just not a great thing to just completely entirely rely on that. So, uh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns torched us out of the gate in that Wolves game, and then we were down thirty at halftime, and it was basically game over. I I don't have to mention any more about that Wolves game because uh, we we all needed to forget about that. And then we had that road back-to-back um, over the weekend. You know, was it Friday? Um, you know, it. we were facing, again, a Heat team without Jimmy Butler, and we lost to a Butlerless Heat team again, which is just really annoying. And, look, it it's a testament to, to Eric Spolster. He's probably the best coach in the league. He is now been rewarded with that huge contract which he got right before this game I think a day or two before this this magic game uh Spolster got that huge contract extension and he deserves it he's unbelievable and you know Hero was out for that for that game I mean there's a couple other guys out and just plug and play man Spolster is just unbelievable we did get Joe Ingles back for that Miami game uh which which did help us for sure uh, but injuries are hindering are hindering Suggs and Cole. I would say that's still the case, even, even with this Knicks game, especially with Suggs, because Suggs didn't even finish the Knicks game tonight but or today. But um, Cole looked a lot better in Madison Square Garden. It helps when you're playing in front of your mom and family. So, uh, but and then Suggs was in, in that Heat game was just impacted with that illness, and that that's just been going around. Which again. Is it is it a stomach thing? Is it contagious? It seems like it's contagious. If it's contagious, why do we have these guys on the bench? And then, if you're if you have to be on the bench to you know support your team or whatever, why aren't you wearing a mask? And that's that's just my thing. Um, I don't know. Are they treating this like chicken pox? Where it's like, well, we might as well get it out of the way now, where everybody gets it. That that seems kind of a flawed thinking on that. But I'm I'm not a you know. I don't practice medicine, so I couldn't, I couldn't tell you on that. But I, I'm just taking this from a common sense approach on that. Uh, and then just with that Miami game, you know, Paolo almost pulled it off at the end, and free throws have and turnovers have been kind of the common issue with the team of late during this stretch. And then obviously we can't get into into the paint points wise, like we're, we've had to rely on three pointers, which for the most part we've done okay. Um, but, you know, Paolo, he said after the Heat loss that he kind of owed us one, which I don't really agree with that. Paolo need, just needs help. Like, I know he may, he, you know, he lost the ball uh, going up in a situation where 
I think Marcatelli, Dante Marcatelli said like 99 out of 100 times, like he converts that or at least gets, you know, fouled and gets to the free throw line, which I, he's probably right. Um, again, Paolo, he's, he's a 21 year old stud that is in the middle of a f- wonderful sophomore season. That's going to earn him an all-star game bid. Uh, just got to be patient because when it comes to championships, it's not, 21 22 23 year olds leading teams to championships it's guys that are around like 27 28 years old i'd rather not have to wait like five six years for us to win an nba title but just historically that's kind of what the situation is uh palo's gonna be fine that kid is so driven he's awesome he's phenomenal the rest of the world is finding out and just just enjoy these years now uh, while he's kind of being underrated because he's he's a freight train and teams that don't avoid the tracks get run the fuck over and there's a reason why he's gonna he's a shoe in already to be in the All Star game because the coaches that are gonna vote know that they have to double and triple team him all the time anytime that they're playing the Magic is they have to double and triple team Paolo because he's that freaking good and demands that much attention. So we lost that Heat game, which, again, fuck Miami. Like, I, I, the Heat are by far the biggest rivals from a Magic perspective. I will fight a Magic fan tooth and nail on that in a conversation any day of the week. Um, you know, people might say, like, the Celtics, the Lakers, the Raptors, whatever. It's, it's the Heat. The Heat are by far the biggest rivals that the Magic have, and vice versa. You know, I know the, the Miami's got three titles under their belt but they went about 10 years of being bums against the magic their first 10 years of existence essentially and um yeah i'll leave that at that and then to go from miami to oh yeah you gotta fly to okc for a second night of a back-to-back in okc uh and then you're not gonna have ingles or fultz because they're being rested uh for for the back-to-back we did get Jonathan Isaac back, and Isaac's defense and then our team's defense as a whole were why we were in this game. Like, Jonathan Isaac defensively is just insane how he can keep us, he can keep an entire team in a game with his defense by himself. It's just absolutely absurd. And it it just sucks that he, he can't stay healthy and he can't play big minutes and because if he could – he would be the defensive player of the year. We're, we're, I mean, we're a top five defense in large part because of him and Suggs, basically. But, uh, and even with all these games that Isaac's missed of late, like we're still, I think, fifth in defense. Now our offense has gone to shit because we don't have the healthy bodies, and we badly miss Franz to consistently compete offensively. That's just the, that's just the reality of the situation. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, he's like. Trey Young, in my eyes, when it comes to drawing fouls that are undeserved. Um, meanwhile, Paolo was just getting whacked constantly. And it's like prime Shaq, basically, where he's Paolo is just not going to get that whistle right now. Maybe in another year or two, um, once the refs start respecting him, which is bullshit, just call, call it how it should be on the floor, and life would be a lot better for all of us from a basketball-watching perspective. But... Um, you know, even without Paolo not getting that full free throw respect, like he still gets to the line a lot. He's still scoring consistently at a high rate and at a great level. 
Uh, Traveling Queen did have a nice poster jam on Chet Holmgren, so that was nice and enjoyable. And this was a close game down the stretch, but we lose by a dozen at the end. Um, just our margin for error is just so tiny that turnovers and, and free throw misses just have buried, buried us in some of these games, and that's what happened with this OKC game. But, you know, I tweeted it out, and Thunder fans and some other people are just kind of pushing that back at me. Like, the Thunder, in my eyes, are the most boring, good team in the NBA just there's not like I anytime I've tried to watch them on national TV or on league pass and stuff like I just get bored watching them because they don't there's nothing that exciting about them when I watch them play it's just foul merchant crap and you know kind of just basic basketball stuff and look they make it work because they, you know, they're a good team they're they're a top three team in the west and they're they're good they're you know there's no denying that they're good now they should be good because they've had a much larger head start on the magic and like they they should be good they should be a playoff team they should be competing for a home court spot like they've been way in front of us in the kind of the tanking process so so that was the OKC game so before I get to this uh and that you know that's three straight losses at that point so but before I get to the the next game you know we've had some trade rumors over the weekend where Mark Stein was talking about Markel Fultz being on the block. Um, I think Jake Fisher and others were talking about Wendell being on the block. You know, Fultz, he's a $17 million expiring contract. Wendell's making 13 mil this season, and he's making, I think, like 11, 12 next season because it's a descending deal, um, which is why he fired his his agency and why he's, uh, you know, he took up with Mike Miller's agency, basically, did Wendell, but... Uh, and they weren't mentioned over the weekend, but I mean, Gary Harris, there's been the whispers with him as far as just, he has a $13 million expiring contract as well. Now with Gary, we only have two vets on this team, Joe Ingles and Gary Harris and Gary Harris isn't even 30 years old yet. So, but he's, um, he's our second vet and we've seen around the league when it comes to young teams that you really need some good, good vets, like good contributing vets, which we have with Joe and and Gary, like when they're healthy and on the floor, like those guys contribute, they're very valuable. And, you know, I, whether we try to bring Gary back or Gary wants to potentially join a title contender, which he probably could, because he's still a, a great three point shooter. He's a pretty good defender. It's, it's just all about the injuries with him. Um, but, uh, you know, are Goga and Mo good enough to send Wendell Carter Jr. out in a deal? Is Anthony Black good enough to send out Markel Fultz in a trade? Is Caleb Houston good enough to send out one of our, you know, two vets and Gary Harris? Like, these are these questions that have kind of come up over the past month or so. Um, and then, are we looking for players now to help us maybe make the playoffs or are we looking for players now because free agency isn't that enticing as a whole? Like there's not that, that free agency pool isn't that great. Um, or do we want picks instead? Like, because we, we can just hold on to Markel and Gary. And if you want to say bye to them in the off season, you can do that. And that's $30 million off of your salary sheet. So, uh, because we've had this whole assumption about the front office, you know, how the front office has been kind of all about wanting to see growth from the team which definitely has already happened. Like we're, we're, we're about halfway through the season and you know, it's this, the, the growth progression has definitely happened. It's undeniable at this point with players, with coaching, with, with everything as a whole. 
you know, the my thinking was they were looking at growth, and if you make the playoffs, great. I mean, you kind of you have to make the play in, which they'll do that. But you know, if they made the playoffs, great. But it wasn't like some type of promise or something that the front office was was definitively talking about. Like we've heard player players talk about. It. We've definitely heard fans talk about it, uh, like myself. But um, but maybe they're looking at Paolo now and realizing that it would benefit the franchise greatly to make the playoffs and not just the play-in this season, especially if you have your doubts about guys like Fultz and, and Wendell Carter Jr. Um, so we're, we're going to see. You know, it's I, I don't want to delve deep into trade stuff. I'd rather do it with Penny on, a, on another pod. You know, The trade deadline's February 8th, and it's, it's right around the corner. It's about three weeks away now. So, um, but... I, I'm ex- I'm expecting the Magic to basically stand pat. Like they'll make maybe like a minor trade with a guy potentially, but I, I'm not expecting anything kind of crazy. And you know, we'll see. In saying that, maybe I'll be entirely wrong. Maybe we'll 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 get a whole bunch of different stuff because they're looking at Paolo and Franz and and thinking, you know, we got to help these guys now. We got to really get that playoff experience now. So let let's go grab it grab some guys because again free agency is not that great um this coming off season it's you, you might end up just being better off trading for for guys so all right today magic knicks mlk day in madison square garden so i i'm up in philadelphia for the week so I took the Amtrak up this morning, uh, which is way cheaper and quicker than having to drive up to New York City. It's like about a 90-minute train ride. I really love that Philly 30th Street train station building. Like, it's such a cool building. Um, just awesome in there. I'm a train guy. Uh, I love the edgy attitude of Amtrak's conductors and ticket guys that they have. Uh, they have no patience for bullshit. It's, it's, it's not for everybody, but I enjoy it. Uh, weather-wise, it's, you know, I'll talk about it some in a bit later on, but weather-wise, it's cold. It's been like 26 degrees this whole day, <laughs> be it in Philly, in New York, be it the morning, be it the evening. Like, it's it's been like 26 degrees all day today. And, uh, you know, it's a lot chillier than what you get in Florida. And, like, as long as you dress up for the occasion, it's fine. But uh, just layer up really, really well. Get some get some hydration in in you and, and you'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, it's you know it, it's it's definitely very different weather from what you get in Orlando. That's for sure. Uh, train rides fine, comfy seats, good legroom, fairly smooth ride. Uh, though I can't wait for kind of just travel infrastructure to get upgraded across the country. I'm, I'm just waiting for that. Like the tracks could easily be better, the trains could be better. The electric outlets weren't working in my row on the way up, um, and my iPhone charging cord then also like snapped in half. So I had to buy a, a new cord uh, once I got off at the at the Penn Station up in New York. Uh, and then I always bring a battery pack, which I definitely needed today because I took I take a lot of photos, I take a lot of videos, I I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm I'm doing a lot of things, checking a lot of apps and stuff. So I definitely need that battery pack, which, which came in handy. And I bought my game ticket for about 
250 bucks over a month ago and i'm glad i did actually i it, it, it ended up being worth it honestly because that was 250 was the get in price on game day for this game like to be up in the upper bowl you were paying 250 bucks so i was in section one row seven so i'm seven rows away from the court which is pretty awesome again for a next game but also to be on mlk day you know it's it worked out. Like I, I got tickets off Game Time. I never bought uh, the Game Time app. I never bought tickets from Game Time. So being at the first time, they give you like a twenty dollar off thing, and you know, so instead of like two seventy, it was two fifty. And look, I, I don't like paying that much for tickets, but this is like a once in a lifetime type situation where I'd never been to Madison Square Garden. I'd definitely never seen a basketball game in Madison Square Garden, and. You know, one of the things I want to slowly do in my life is just check off uh, basketball arenas that I visit for, for Magic games and stuff like that. And, you know, this opportunity came about, and I took it, and it it's just really, really cool in there. Um, David Steele, he's not on this road trip. Dante's calling games with Jeff Turner. At what's going to end up by the end of the season being about 25 uh, away games this regular season. So more than half of our road games. It's Dante Marcatelli calling them. Um, from a national perspective, it's a little disappointing this game wasn't on NBA TV, let alone TNT. But, you know, they were in other cities more. You know, I, I know they were in Memphis and Atlanta, which you have to be in those for, for MLK Day. I get that. Uh, but they picked Philly, surprisingly, for the 1 o'clock. Uh, I, I don't know how that worked out like that. But, you know, New York's usually on NBA TV at a minimum on MLK Day, and it just didn't happen for this Magic game. It, it's just really, really weird. I did not expect the Magic to win this game against the Knicks. I really didn't. Um, the Knicks have been so awesome since the OG Ananobi acquisition trade. Like they, the Magic beat the Knicks, and then the next day, the Knicks were like, Tib, or Tibbs was like, "All right, I need a big, like, good two-way wing to counter Paolo and Franz. Give me OG Ananobi." And you know, obviously, we were, we were down Franz today, and then others are still kind of playing sick. Um, so before the game, you know, I got into New York at around like 11. Um, I hit up the High Line, uh, there's, and then Chelsea Market, and near there's this new little island place um, before the game. It, I, I, I love the High Line. I love walk. I mean, I love walking. People who know me know that I, I'm a sicko when it comes to walking. Like I walked 15 miles today, and I loved it. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome, and. Chelsea Market's great, food, shopping, um, just just awesome stuff. So from a Madison Square Garden perspective, so this was a 3 o'clock tip. Uh, you, the, the, I knew ahead of time that the doors weren't supposed to open until 2, but I had an inkling that they might open them early, and it ended up happening. like they, fifth, About 15 minutes beforehand, so like around 145, um, you know, I was really glad that the Madison Square Garden staff just let folks in early because it was 26 degrees outside and there were people freezing. And, um, you know, once you get inside, the concourse is pretty nice in there. They've definitely upgraded a lot of stuff in there. Just the way, like, all the kiosks and all that set up. Like, they have a bodega in there. They've had some really good kind of food, beer, you know, you know alcohol options. Just a 
whole lot of shopping options as well. Like their their team stores are really stacked, and something that the Magic could definitely take a lesson from for sure. Um, and then when you head for your seats, you know, just that famous lighting and the roof just hit you immediately, and it, it truly is just the mecca. It is just an amazing, amazing building in there. Um, before tip, I saw Philip Rossman Reich uh, from Orlando Magic Daily in the building. Um, it's good to see him. As it's good that he's he was he's been traveling on this kind of road trip situation. Like he was at the the Miami game, and then he uh, he came up for this next game, and he'll, he'll be he'll be down in Atlanta for the Hawks game on Wednesday. So uh, good to see Phil. Um, I know he's I think seeing family. He saw family and stuff up there and and whatnot. So he um, I'm sure he had a great time. And then. We had that weird instance where Anthony Black was gonna start this next game, and then something. And then I, you know, Mosley after the game kind of explained him himself, but we didn't really know until after the game. But I guess with Jalen Brunson being out, uh, they just wanted to start Chuma instead. <clears throat> and then him and you know Anthony Black and Mo Wagner ended up to not you know just not playing today. Um, you know, Mosley had a ten man rotation. And Anthony Black and Mo Wagner were not part of that. It was uh, it was kind of interesting how that how that worked out, I guess. But uh, actually, did they do eleven man rotation? Hold on, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. No, ten man rotation. Okay, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you actually start getting some healthy bodies back. You got to make decisions on guys who can't, who should, and shouldn't play. I. You know, I don't know if I, I would have completely kept Mo out in the cold because I think Mo would have played Hardenstein pretty well, but uh, you know, no complaints. It ended up working out at the end. So in Madison Square Garden, they have these these seats at the very very tippy top uh, around near the roof that just circle the entire arena at the top called the Chase Bridge seats, and they're kind of insane crazy like i get vertigo i would get vertigo if i had to sit up there uh but they try and just kind of cram as many folks into the historic building and it was it was a sellout it was like 19,812 i think was the sellout so they they get almost 20,000 people in that building that's more than amway center which and it's that you know especially with the next being good like they're they're trying to really uh take advantage of of, of what they got going on so uh with my seats being against section one row seven so you don't get like normal stadium seats it's like these fold-out chairs basically where they're very nicely padded and they were actually pretty comfy you know actually but uh let's just say there's not a lot of uh we'll call it width room like you're you're almost bumping elbows with folks, so you got to do the thing like the seesaw thing, where like one person's leaning forward and one person's leaning back, and like you're being cognizant of uh, of kind of just your, the legroom situation and all that. Um, it, it, it was fine. It, it it ended up being fine. Uh, I sat. The people next to me weren't talking to me because one was like a daughter father duo that were definite Knicks fans um and the people on my right 
I guess they were just basketball fans. I don't know if they were either Knicks or Magic fans. It's just this couple that were just kind of quiet um, for the most part. But in front of me, there was these two uh, like twenty-something-year-old uh, women that um, you know I was talking with them a bunch during the game, and they uh, one of them is a Miami Heat fan. I know, gross, ugh. Um, I I gave her shit for it. It's fine. Uh, the other one was a Golden State fan, and she had actually a huge crush on Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony. So, uh, and she was in Palo, I guess too. But like she she knew basketball pretty well. Like she. Uh, it, it, it was good. Like both of them knew ball pretty well. And it, it was some good conversation throughout the game. Like that made that ex- the experience a lot better. And then I had uh Knicks fans behind me that they were, uh, they were really into uh, some of the guys out there. Like one guy was really, really into Joe Ingles and another dude was, uh, you know, was just infatuated with Palo. And it's cool talking to, to, to just kind of diehard Knicks fans or just diehard basketball fans in general. And, uh, it really makes the experience really go well. Uh, I will say, f- I, I did. I, I didn't really experience any hostility from any fans. Honestly, I was surprised because you know Philly. It's Philly. You know, I I expect some hostility. Knicks. I didn't really get anything. It was it was weird. I I was expecting a lot more from the Knicks fans. I don't know. Maybe because it was the holiday. I I don't know. Maybe because it was cold outside. It. Cause even in the arena, like there's, there's a good energy throughout it, but they didn't like get crazy, crazy into the game off as often as I thought they would, which is fine. Cause it worked out for the magic. Um, cause by the time, you know, it, it, in the middle of the game and then late in the game, like Knicks fans were really trying to get loud and boisterous and kind of, kind of fuel the, their, their team and whatnot. And it didn't have, you know, it didn't, it didn't work out thankfully, but, uh, I was expecting more shit talking in my direction and it didn't happen. So that made, again, my viewing experience pretty easy, pretty docile almost. Um, I, I do, I, I, I will talk about it now, I guess, but I, I do definitely need to get credit for two, uh, bricked Nick free throw attempts. One from, uh, uh, was it McBride? But then the other one was on that, uh, the Julius Randall thing where he, uh, he missed both free throws late. That really, uh, help the magic win the game so i i'm patting myself on the back for that um but yeah early you know before the game started during the game uh just all the dedications for dr martin luther king jr were just awesome uh, just all around it, it's really cool it, it really added to the moment of being in there um you know from the start with this game again the magic not having a real point guard out there it to begin the game, it, it hurt us. You know, we had, what was it, Goga, Paolo, Chuma, Caleb, and Suggs out there, and just not having that point guard out there just got us in trouble. And I was concerned that we might get blown out. Like, I was really concerned. Because this is the third game in less than four nights, theoretically. And so you could see why, like, fatigue could would overcome could potentially overcome us and just we wouldn't have been up for it. And, you know... It, it didn't happen. Like, it wasn't looking promising early. He had two cheap fouls on Goga early. Not ideal. But Jumo KK, man, he got – he caught fire early, and he really helped us stick around in that first quarter. Like, props to Chuma. Like, he, he showed up and, and, and did his thing early on. And then Paolo and Caleb settle us into the game. Um, 
with the bench, Ingles and Fultz especially, they they were big. Uh, it was 24-24 after one period, and you're kind of feeling okay because the Magic had settled into the game. Knicks Entertainment, man, they got it right. Like good music. If you show off your celebrities, there were so many celebrities. Oh my, you know, I know there's like the the common ones like Trace. Uh, uh, was it Tracy Morgan? Um, but then there was other ones like, uh, well, there's, well, there's, there's some of the Soprano cast, but I don't think Edie Falco's there all the time. Edie Falco was there and people went nuts. Like they were really happy to see her. Jerry Seinfeld was there. Um, Henrik, Henrik Lundqvist, the, the former, uh, Rangers goalkeeper. He was sitting in eyesight of me the entire game, um, him and his family. And it, it's kind of funny seeing like all the some of the people around me getting giddy about certain celebrities or certain folks. And I would say most people were really giddy to see uh, Lundquist in there. So I guess big Rangers fans out of out of a lot of those Knicks fans, which isn't shocking. Um, but the Knicks just they get it right, man. Just some really cool music choices. Um, some instances where they weren't great, and it's I think it actually helped the Magic. But uh, for the most part, there were some really good music choices. So uh, just something to to keep an eye uh, on from a Magic perspective that they could maybe uh, take some advice on. So uh, I mean, the Magic bench was huge. You know, you had Wendell, you had Isaac, you had Fultz, and you had Ingles. They did just swung it around for us on both ends. Like Joe turned the officiating ring around, the officiating around with his talking. He didn't pick up a tech. I could have sworn he was going to pick up a tech at some point because he was doing a lot of talking. But just, I guess they they were fine with it. So, and then it's funny to see just how much our defense creators with Isaac and and Wendell sitting. Just, just those two guys together were playing really good defense together out there. And then once they sat, it it just goes to hell. And then our offensive ball movement cratered when Ingles and Fultz checked out. And yet the Magic were down only two at halftime, 52 to 50. So, again, a lot of concerns, but you're only down two. And, look, them not having Brunson sucks, but guess what? We don't have Franz Wagner. So that's an all-star for an all-star right there in my eyes. Like, Franz won't be an all-star, but he's basically an all-star. Again, I wasn't sure what to think of No Mo or Anthony Black at all, but – Again, it was still a decent first half overall. And look, when you when you get bodies back, some guys have to sit. It was just interesting that those were the two guys that sat. Um, I would have started Fultz instead of Caleb Houston uh, because Chuma was hot on the evening in that second half. And I would have started Wendell or Isaac over Goga to begin that second half, which didn't happen. But um, we just needed more Wendell, Isaac, Ingles, and Fultz, which we would end up getting in the second half in the fourth quarter um in that third quarter it got a little hairy there because the Knicks started hitting threes and our offense just looked terrible with Suggs at point guard but it even with those Knicks threes like we were okay we were down 78 73 going into the fourth you know our defense overall was still kind of keeping us in it you know yeah the Knicks were hitting threes McBride just killed us all night especially when when Cole was going up against them um but as long as Mosley finished the game with kind of our best players, I thought we were going to have a shot. And you know, and from an officiating perspective, it's just it's just a consistent nightmare from an officiating perspective. Like Sean Corbin, Derek Richardson were god awful, just just really bad. But 
You know, 5.46 left to go in the game. We were down three. It was, what, a Goga, Paolo, Chuma, Suggs, Cole lineup at that point. I really was hoping we'd see Fultz, Isaac, and Ingles back in. Um, we got Fultz and Wendell, and then very late, Isaac came in from a defensive perspective. But just the Magic found a way, man. Like, Paolo hit buckets that were just really calm, and he even did, like, the keep calm kind of hand motion, too, after after one of those buckets. And just that kid's composure is just phenomenal. Like, composure is a thing that you just can't teach in any aspect in life, be it sports or just anything. Like, being that calm and just not letting the moment kind of rush you or panic you, overtake you and all that, it's... This, this guy's special, man, for him to be 21 and him to be doing this. And that's why I, I'm just begging for him to get in the playoffs, just to get a, a playoff series under his belt, because it's going to be hard to do that in an actual postseason game. But to just gain that experience would be just immense. And we're, we're okay right now. Um, yeah, I mean, from – oh, man – the end of that game was just wild. It was almost like a blur because we had like Goga splitting a pair of free throws. We had Randall missing two free throws. I just remember bodies just flying all over the place trying to get loose balls, and the Magic ended up getting that last big one there that that helped us win. Was it ninety eight, ninety four? And it was, yeah, it, it was just a hectic finish, and I was so so happy we won. I really genuinely did not think we would win, but. You know, once we stuck around, around in half, you know, in the game at halftime, it's like, all right, you got hope. Can you, can you get a win, or is it gonna be viewed kind of like as another moral victory? And it just didn't happen. And just respect to this team. Um, I mean, I'll go through the box score real quick. Like Paolo had twenty points, six boards, three assists, nine of nineteen shooting, two of five from the free throw line. Didn't hit a three in this game, but like he he showed up when it mattered late in the game. Uh, Caleb Houston just not his night tonight. One of seven. It says all yeah. He says one of seven. All of all of his shots and misses were from the three point range. But I I distinctly remember him getting blocked. Uh, oh no, he actually no, he got fouled. Yeah, that was one he took the he took a knee basically to his face. So uh, yeah. His, his only shot attempts were, were technically three-pointers. So, um, you know, seven points. He'll he'll be okay. Just that shot, a couple of those shots looked like they should have went down, and they just didn't, and you're just going to have it like that. Uh, Goga, one of three shooting, three points, 11 boards, three assists. He had me concerned in this game initially because, you know, I, Hardenstein, yeah, he had the foul trouble, but just – he Goga had me a little bit concerned there from from a big man perspective because he just wasn't it didn't seem like he had it um and then late in the game he just he just showed up with just some big hustle plays some good just banging down low and Chuma big game five of seven from the field four or five on threes I think I saw the stat where the magic or Chuma shot four or five from three, and the rest of the Magic team as a whole, uh, outside of Chuma, shot four of 24 on three. So Chuma brought it from deep. You know, he got the 15 points, and that's it's just a huge game from him. He um, He's raising his stock, and it's going to be interesting to see if the Magic uh, 
get some seriously interesting phone calls from a trade perspective or maybe they want to resign him to a de- to an okay deal or is this Chuma just walk like there's you you could tell me this goes a million different ways and I I would I, w- I couldn't tell you you're wrong at that point cuz it's it's tough to say Suggs, he's he's hurt. He's sick. I, I it's it's just a wide variety of things. He was one of eight from the field, one of six on threes, four points, five boards, four assists. Uh, it just he's he's hurting, and he he needs to just sit a game at some point. And I don't know when you can do that. Maybe against Atlanta, possibly you can maybe get away with it. But he's just he's hurting, and he just needs to get his body right again. Joe Ingles, man, I love that man so much. Three of six from the field, four assists, just six points, just solid Joe Ingles, man. He's he's such a valuable guy for this team. It's unbelievable that a guy at 36 years old is, is that valuable to us, but he is. Fultz, he had that huge dunk, man, in that fourth quarter where he just floated and floated and just jammed that home. Like that, that need looked good. That's for sure. Um, three of eight from the field, but you know, a couple of those misses he he usually makes. He had the he had the six points, seven assists, five boards, and twenty three and a half minutes. Basically, he uh, he was awesome, and he probably should have played more. Should have started the second half, but it'll be interesting to see how his minutes go moving forward, and then. Wendell Carter Jr. was a monster off the bench, man. He had 17 points in just under 19 minutes on 7-11 shooting, one of three on threes. He uh, he had that clutch, just that clutch little baby hook shot down low that basically ended up being the game winner. Um, and look, he's he's not a great vertical player. That's okay, uh, but he. He really brought everything else. He brought the physicality. He uh, he he hit some pretty great tough shots, and hopefully this is Wendell being on the right path. Because uh, I know some impatient Magic fans are kind of we're, we're kind of getting tired of Wendell and just relax, man. Let let him shake the rust off. He'll he'll be okay. I think this this next game was huge for him. Cole Anthony six of twelve, zero of three on threes, which. That's usually rare for him when he's for him to score 15 points and none of them to come from the three-point line. Um, yeah, I mean, he had five assists, four rebounds. He he played well in front of his family. And, well, offensively, he played pretty well. I thought defensively, again, McBride killed him. And late in the game, I didn't think Cole should have been in there. And then he, he shut me up with some clutch offensive play late. So good on him, man. He's... He's still in that six man of the year running. It's it's going to be a little hero, you know. It's going to be a little tough um, with some of the other contenders, but he's he's still in the hunt there. And then Jonathan Isaac, two or four from the field, just under sixteen minutes played. He uh, he hit a three. He went one of two on threes today, and he had what was that seven rebounds um, with his five points. And look, statistically, it may not always show, but God, that guy elevates our defense so much. Like he gave Julius Randle so many fits that just Randle just didn't know what to do, man. He wanted to just bitch and moan at the refs and at Tibbs and stuff, and just no one could save him 
from what Isaac was doing to him. It was, it, it it's, it's just night and day, man. How good the Magic are with Isaac on the floor when he's not. It's just it's undeniable. Like, can can he can he stay on the floor? If he stays on the floor, and can play like fifty games this season, I, the the Magic should be a top six seed. Uh, it, it's his impact is just unbelievable. And then, you know, that was the end of the game. I uh, I stuck around a, a, about two hours because, you know, that, that was when my, my Amtrak train back to Philly was was coming in. So uh, I had a few hours to burn. Uh, I went to Bryant Park uh, where they have some awesome ice skating going on and some really cool food tent type things, you know, a lot, like a, a pop-up lodge type area, like, Brian Park was pretty dope. It, it was pretty freaking awesome. So, um, and then what, what else did I finish? Uh, yeah, I mean, I went by Rockefeller Center. I walked through Times Square. And then I, because it was supposed to be raining in New York and I didn't notice it. It was, my weather app was saying like flurries and snow, whatever, but it didn't happen in New York. But on the train ride back to, to Philly, um, the, uh, between the stops of Newark and Trenton, New Jersey, you could see the snow fall. You could see the snow coming down, and you could see the snow on the ground. And it, it's really cool, man. Like, again, in Orlando, Florida, I, it has never snowed in my lifetime. Um, you know, there's been years where maybe you've seen a snow flurry here or there potentially in Florida, in, in Orlando, but it's we've never really come close at all to a snowfall because it's, it's a tropical climate. That's what happens, but... Uh, just a, just a crazy, just a crazy thing. Once I got off the, the 30th street station in Philly where it, I was just greeted by so much snow coming down. Um, it, it's going to be at least two to three inches and that snaps a drought that Philly and I guess New York is probably going to be the same thing in New York from a snowing perspective where, those those cities these these cities these areas have not seen over an inch of snow uh on the record for over 2 years and we're going to break that record so it's going to be interesting to see cuz I'm up here you know this week uh working and stuff so f- from a weather perspective uh, you know how much snow how much more snow am I going to see uh, is it going to cause travel chaos with me or any type of other chaos with me? Hopefully not, but this is cool, man. I saw, I saw dudes throwing snowballs at each other like crazy, which is great timing. Cause you know, the Eagles were miserable. Um, and now we're all riding on the Philadelphia Flyers up here probably, which I'll be going to that game later, uh, going to a Flyers game later this week. But, um, yeah, from a, from a magic perspective, I, I said it, I tweeted it out, like, if you can get through the end of January, um, 500 or better, like, we're going to be okay. Like, the schedule sets up pretty well where the Magic can, can rack up the wins again. And, look, we're 22-18 and 18 as, as I'm talking. Uh, we're the eighth seed. We're a game back of Indy and New York. We're two games back of Cleveland and Miami, who are fourth and fifth. So, you're two games back of hosting a playoff series still potentially. So again, the losses have sucked, the injuries have sucked, but you know, the schedule, there's there's opportunities. Like you're in Atlanta on Wednesday the 17th, you can win that game. Um 
That's definitely not a gimme, but the Hawks have been a mess. You know how to beat them. You know how to exploit them. It's just all about going out there and doing it. Um, And then we get a bit of a Sixers revenge situation here where we get the Sixers in Orlando on the 19th Friday. Uh, You know, last time we faced the Sixers, we lost to them without Joel Embiid, which freaking was terrible because Penny and I were at that game, and that was just brutal. Uh, and then the homestand continues with a weird home back-to-back. We get the Heat again, July twenty or January twenty-first, Sunday. We got to find a way to win that game. I don't care if like everybody's healthy on the Heat. Like we have to find a way to get to just win that game. Because if we lose, we've lost the season series, and that gets that. That's just a tiebreaker. You lose then if if you're trying to win the division. So. Um, I would like to win that game because then the next night on the 22nd, Monday, you host the Cleveland Cavaliers team, which has looked pretty good with Jared Allen and Donovan Mitchell running the show while Darius Garland and Evan Mobley have been out hurt, which is very interesting and curious and leads to some Ewing theory conspiracies there. But um, again, we can beat Cleveland, but second night of back to back, like it's it gets a little challenging. And then you get three days off before you f- you go to Memphis Friday, January 26th. And about a week or two ago, that game would have been really nerve-wracking. But with Ja Morant and Desmond Bain both out, that is a very winnable game that we, we need to win that game now. Like, that, we have to win that Memphis game somehow. And then you get a weird... Uh, final week of January where Sunday, January 28th, we're hosting the Phoenix Suns. You know, we know how good they are when Durant, Booker, Beal are out there healthy and Nurkic, I guess as well, like out there healthy and doing their thing. And then a freaking second night of a back-to-back in Dallas on Monday, the 29th. That's, that's brutal, man. That, that, that's tough to, to overcome if they've got Kyrie and, and Luca out there. Um, and then you finish the month of January in San Antonio against Victor Wembanyama uh, on January 31st. Win a very winnable game, but you know you're on the road. It's it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. But just can the magic? You know it's what we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So you got eight game more games still in this month of January. Can you find a way to? to be above 500 coming out of that it's very possible there's some there's some definitely winnable games in there you just got to go out there and do it It depending depending on what bodies you got like you can't use the bodies as an excuse anymore it feels like so um that's gonna do it for this episode i probably went a little bit longer than i wanted to because it's past 12 30 in the morning now um but if you're still listening i thank you very much for your time This is the longest-running Magic podcast show in existence, so any added support is much appreciated. Like, it's we we need algorithm help, you know. It's Again, I don't do ads. I could easily do ads. I don't want to do ads because this is a fun thing for for me and Penny. And the day that it's no longer fun and it's more of a job is the day we'll probably stop it, and I don't plan on doing that anytime soon. Because right now it's fun, and the Magic are are good and great. And, yeah, it's... Keep it rolling, man. That's all I can say. Um, subscribing, rating, positive comments, just they all help this podcast ranking immensely. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny's Twitter handle is at Spencer Strode. No C's, just S's. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, take care. 
Let's go magic.